How often do you come up with a great idea, jot it down in your notes app, start brainstorming and coming up with a really awesome master plan, and then you do absolutely nothing with it? That's me pretty much every day. Of course, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the execution that really matters, whether or not you can actually finish what you start. So on this episode, we're going to talk about how overanalyzing and planning too much actually hurts the creative process, why this is affecting me as a musician, and how we can all get back on track. It's coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks podcast, episode number 12. My name is Roy. And this is the show where I talk about my journey as a musician, YouTuber, and everything having to do with being a content creator. If you're a creative person yourself, then you're in the right place. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you'd like to really support the show, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Patrons get all sorts of cool perks, Either way, thank you for joining me today and let's get on with the show. So it's been a while since I've put out a brand new song. I've released four bonus tracks through Patreon since I started this podcast, but I haven't released any official new songs. And there's a few reasons for this. I've talked about it a little bit on the show before. It's mostly influenced by my self-imposed quality control I want to outdo my last song and release the best music that I can. I would release a song every week if I felt I could pull it off. But if I did that, I feel like there's a good chance that the quality would probably be hit or miss. Some weeks would be good and some weeks would be bad. And that's just not something I want to risk. I want to be known for writing really solid songs ones that can stand the test of time that people want to listen to over and over again. And for the most part, I'm pretty proud of my catalog. And I think my songs are getting better and better, both in their songwriting and their production. But it does take a long time for me to get a song to that point where I'm comfortable putting it out. So the downside is I release less music less often. There is a singer-songwriter that I've followed for years. His name is Jonathan Mann, and he has sort of the exact opposite approach of me. He's written over 4,500 songs because he literally writes a new song every day, and he has for over 10 years straight. So he's certainly put a lot of time into songwriting, but he openly admits that every song isn't created equal, and he breaks it down into this 70-20-10 rule that around 70% of his songs are going to be just okay, 20% of his songs will be straight trash, but the last 10% of his songs would be amazing. And I think that's a pretty fair assessment to not only his work, but probably the average artist as well. I mean, if you look at most full-length albums, they usually only have two or three singles and the rest of the songs 
you know, we even qualify as album tracks or deep cuts. They're not the popular songs on the album. And maybe there's even a song or two of those that you skip every time you listen to it. So I think this 70-20-10 rule makes sense. But Jonathan Mann also puts an asterisk on it saying that, you know, beauty is really in the eye of the beholder. It's not really his job to determine whether or not his songs are good or not. His job is to simply keep the creative channel open to continue to create whether he's even happy with his work or not. And of course, like most artists, he's often dissatisfied with it. But he carries on anyway, writing a new song every day, posting it for the world to hear. And I respect that. So I'll link his channel in the show notes if you want to check him out. I started following him when I was still making videos on iTunes Steve Jobs. He had a song about the iPhone 4 antenna gate snafu. Steve Jobs even played the song at one of their keynotes. So he's a giant nerd. And if you enjoy my music, I'm sure you'll enjoy his too. He even has his own Baby Yoda song. So check him out and tell him I sent you. So Jonathan Mann, this song a day guy, has sort of hacked his creative output by just sticking to a schedule. He's got a routine and he's committed to it. And it's hard to argue with that. It makes a lot of sense that you would put yourself on that schedule and treat songwriting kind of like it was a job. Yet here I am, I'm taking months in between songs. I'm actively ignoring this really good advice by people that I actually admire. So maybe I should be releasing a song every single week. And that's kind of what I'm doing with this podcast and the Patreon bonus songs that I've been making. Every week, I'm recording a new episode. Every month, I'm recording a new version of one of my songs. The podcast is just storytelling, so that's not super difficult. I just collect my thoughts and hit record and talk to the microphone. And the bonus tracks are pretty simple too. So far, they've all just been acoustic renditions of older songs. So I'm not writing a new song every month. I'm just re-recording an older one. It really couldn't be more straightforward. Tell a new story, re-record an old song. Keeping it simple and having that set schedule, it does really work. You end up putting out more stuff. Now, maybe every episode or every one of these bonus songs, maybe they're not perfect. Whenever I listen back, I always think about things I should have added or things I should have explained in a different way. There's always something I could improve on, but I don't really have the time to dilly-dally and workshop them and also keep that schedule. But I think that's okay. That's kind of the point of this podcast to showcase the creative process. Imperfection is kind of just part of it. No story is ever really finished. I'm not just going to make one episode and dust my hands of telling my story. And then the bonus songs are really just more for fun rather than trying to stress out about making a brand new hit song and trying to get a million views. 
I'm just picking a song that I like and celebrating it and breathing new life into it with a new version. So there's not really a lot to overthink. And that's great for the podcast and these bonus tracks, but what about those brand new songs? Why can't I put them on a schedule too? And it's because I do kind of overthink things when I'm making a brand new song. I have to sit down and write the song, and I usually make a demo recording of it before doing the real recording. So the process of putting a new song together is kind of bloated in a way. I talked a little bit about this on an earlier episode, how I write Star Wars songs. So I won't go into how I actually flesh the songs out, but you can check out that earlier episode if you'd like to know more. In a nutshell, it just takes time to make that demo and then re-record the song for the official release, and therein lies the problem. It's this extra step that can really become a can of worms if you're not careful. There's all this obsession to make sure that everything is just the way you want it to be, trying to make it perfect, which usually just leads to an indefinite cycle of revisions and overthinking it and not finishing what you started. And related to this is a phenomenon that affects a lot of musicians and recording engineers and probably other artists too. It's called demo-itis. So you've written a song and you've recorded a rough version of it, a demo. It's not the final thing that you're going to release. It's more like a rough draft. And you're probably going to listen to it over and over and over again, like a lot. And you'll get to know this demo really well and all its intricacies, but it's not the final version. So you'll also probably come up with a list of all the things that you'd either like to change or improve on, like the lyrics or the melodies or maybe things about the arrangement. And there might also be things in the demo that you really like, but maybe they just need to be recorded more professionally. Usually when you're recording a demo, you're in the zone creatively, but maybe not technically. So you're not thinking about things like the microphone placement, or you know maybe you're not even using a fancy studio microphone. You're just using your internal computer mic. You might not even be in the studio at all. You're probably in your living room and there's an air conditioner in the background. So the whole recording is noisy and there's all sorts of chaos going on, but you don't care at the time. You're just making the demo. You're in that sort of planning phase and it doesn't really matter if things aren't perfect at the time because you're going to redo it. And this is a standard approach to songwriting and recording. You make a demo and you intend to redo most, if not all of it, and hopefully make it better. But regardless of all the issues you may have with the demo, you wind up becoming so familiar with it, having listened to it over and over and over, that the demo just sort of is the song. And this is exactly where demo-itis starts setting in. You start re-recording the song, and even though you might have the nice microphone and you're in the studio, it doesn't quite capture the same vibe and the same energy of that original recording session. 
it doesn't necessarily mean that the new tracks are not as good, but in comparison, it just isn't the same. And that makes the whole process a little uncomfortable. So you start second guessing yourself, like, is the demo actually better? You still want to make this official version of the song, but how do you recapture that same vibe on purpose? And this happens to me all the time. As soon as you say, this is the official recording session, everyone is going to hear this version of the song, that lightning in a bottle, it's just not always there. So no matter how much you demoed and planned for it, maybe even rehearsed, you can't seem to settle on a final version of the song. For me, the biggest culprit is almost always the vocals. The voice is just the most temperamental instrument there is. It can sound totally different from day to day. At least with a piano, when you hit middle C, it's always going to sound like a piano playing middle C every time. But with vocals, sometimes you sound like a chipmunk and sometimes you sound like you smoke six packs a day and you never quite seem to sound just like you did on the original recording, whether it's just your tone or your delivery, something about it is going to be different when you compare it to the demo. And unfortunately, you're the only person that's going to experience it this way. And it's up to you to make that final call of this is the final version, whether or not you're using a new vocal take or you're using some of the demo vocals, which I do from time to time. You have to be confident enough to say, I did my best and now I'm moving on. That's the brilliant thing about Jonathan Mann's approach. He doesn't even allow for the opportunity to second guess himself. The dude is writing a song every day and posting it. There's no demo phase, so there's no demoitis. There's no infinite revisions happening. He's just creating, moving on, and creating. I think his method of putting out a song every day is maybe a little extreme, but clearly my method is a little extreme as well. It's just the other side of the coin. I'm not sure if there is a right or wrong way to do it. We're all going to fall into our own grooves, and you just have to trust in the process, trust in yourself, and not let self-doubt throw you off course. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi says it best. I suggest you try it again, Luke. This time, let go your conscious self and act on instinct. So I've got a question from one of my patrons on Patreon that fits pretty well with today's topic of making music. Eshow151 asks, which one of your songs has the largest number of instruments played on it? And I think we all know that I like to over-arrange my songs and see how many things I can fit into one song. I feel like if you fast forward to the last chorus of any of my songs, you'll be overwhelmed with how much musical information is going on. So you could probably just pick any song at random and you know it's going to have a lot of instruments. But I'm going to guess that I Have the High Ground is going to take the cake. I don't think you'd notice on the first listen, but there are at least seven pairs of guitars and like a dozen different software instrument tracks. 
Take a listen. So they're all kind of doing the same thing, but they blend together in this Phil Spector wall of sound sort of way. And I love stuff like that. Like, how can you make the track feel as big as possible, but not muddying it up at the same time? And of course, I think sometimes I do do that. But this was one track where it kind of worked out perfectly, I think. On the flip side, I'd have to say that Rogue Squadron or Anakin's Mom are probably my most under-arranged songs. Those kind of punk rock or pop punk songs are really just drums, bass, and two guitars. I really like doing songs like that because they tend to be a lot easier to arrange. You don't have to figure out how all the puzzle pieces are going to fit together. As soon as you start adding electronic drums and synthesizers and a 50-piece orchestra, it can get out of hand really easily and you really have to figure out what role each of those instruments is actually serving and whether or not they're even necessary to have in the song at all. So thanks for the question. If you're listening and you would like to ask a question as well, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Every patron gets to ask questions and I answer every single one and I might even answer it here on the show. And not only that, patrons can also get bonus songs every month. This month's song is I Am Your Father, the acoustic version. I'll also check out your art, your music, or your podcast, you name it, and I'll give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and new videos. If any of that sounds cool to you and you would like to support the show and my music, then sign up for my Patreon. Otherwise, give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok, at Royish Good Looks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. Whenever you're listening, share the podcast in your feeds and tag me. I really appreciate the support. Thank you for listening today, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care. Take care.